like Metacast failures. Like that's a short list. Well, the I mean, thing. besides you talking too much, and besides you know maybe selecting the wrong partner at the very beginning. Oh, 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 snap! Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm humble Bob Galen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the term I would use. Exactly. So, Metacasters, what's going on? Kazi, you got we gotta talk about Kazi. I've sure. missed I've missed the streams. They've been great. Have they been good? Uh yeah. Well, no, no, that wasn't I wasn't that wasn't a barb. Yeah. It's but it's comes and goes, and, well, I mean, and it's based holidays, on the attend yeah. and it's based on yeah. the attendees, based on who's there. And yeah, yeah we we had uh, so I was so excited last week because Agile Biker, who's a who's a friend and often attends a stream, I got him to curse at me twice and yell at me in all caps. Did he? It was fantastic. He doesn't do that that no, often, does like, he? I got him fired up. It was exciting. It was a good. It was a good healthy debate about waterfall empirical process things like that and we just flat disagreed on some things but in the end it was all really good content so i was happy about it it was fun and we agreed to continue the discussion do you record those things in any way you do yeah so if someone joins the stream can they get access to those yeah so it's retained on twitch for some period of time, I don't know exactly sure, but I archive almost all of them off onto YouTube, so you can go and watch. No them way, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so that that's rich content, Josh. Super rich. Seriously, like yes. Chocolate. I'm trying to be serious, <laughs> and you're talking about freaking chocolate. So, so Metacasters, go go get that stuff. Yeah. And it, and and the good news is, it's not just Josh talking. It's the, the the value is in all of the other other voices in the stream. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So, okay. So today's topic was we started off going in one direction, quickly turned to another, and liked that direction, and decided let's roll with it. Oh, so I'll give you a link to that webinar. Okay. And we can link it in. Okay. And it's sort of indirectly related to this. So that's a tease, Metacasters, that there's more like multi-streamable content here or something. I did, I did not use that well. Really multi-channel is the word. That, that was the you. word I was looking for. Yeah, okay. Let's just get to the episode. All right. On to the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Roberto Gallini. Wow. Yes. I did not know. Of the, of the Menlo Park Gallinis. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't. Should no, I, not should really. Should that mean something to me? No. Oh. Okay. And this Bob I didn't know if that was a reference to a movie I didn't know. No, no. No? No. Did you grow up there? No. No? no I just, just pulled that out of thin air. Oh, okay. But I like the sound of it. It's a smooth sound. Roberto Gallini. Silky smooth. It is silky smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good transition to our topic today. Failures. That did that did fail to land, didn't it? Did, it? it didn't. It didn't land well. No, I, you were very excited. You were very happy. So, so I was in Orsk coaching, yeah. and uh, over the weekend, three days, and this is like fourteen. So the whole class is five class sequence was mm-hmm. fourteen days. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it was like almost 14 days too many. Uh, but it was, mm. um, but we talked a lot. One of the expressions the instructors have used is how did that, like in coaching conversations, like try a technique. Yeah. And then it's like, how did that land? Mm. Yeah. Not many of mine. Like landed. a ton of bricks? Mine yeah. did not land very well. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. But it's just, you know, we were we were talking about the landing yeah. of it. So um, a couple stumbles? Yes. Stubbed toes? Well, we, we did like things like uh, yesterday at the end, we did like couples coaching, mm. uh, like a scenario, like a troubled couple. Wow. Uh, like having sexual dysfunction, uh, they were removed from each other or, what, or getting distant and things like that. And I found, the, and then she asked when we were debriefing, it's like, how many people, and there was like maybe 20 people in the circle. How many people want to do couples coaching after that? And no one raised their yeah, hand. Yeah, that seems terribly challenging. It's it's freaking, even in a simulation, because you bring your, everyone's had troubles in their mm-hmm. relationships a little bit. So you you can connect to it. It becomes personal, right? Yeah. Not, not direct, but any simulation, you personalize it. And it's just freaking terrible, right? Yeah. And then you you try to lighten it, but it just comes back, and it's it's just tough stuff. And if the people role playing really like role play, yeah, like they're really fighting and stuff like that, or whatever it is to the scenario, it's do you know how difficult that is to have this conversation? I can imagine, I right? Like as a coach, not <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I got through it. I am now Oris trained. Okay, cool. Yeah, but um, it was, did we talk, it pushed me so yeah. far out of my freaking comfort zone. Yeah. And I'm still, I have to, I have to now sit down and assess, like do a, re- not retrospectives, but really reflect on it, go back and look at all the notes. Right. And sort of start applying it to Agile. Because mm-hmm. not all of it do I think I can apply to my Agile work. Right. But some of it. But oh my gosh, what a, what a roller coaster. So the Orsk saga. Has completed? No, I'm going into oh. I'm going into a a ten month uh, cohort. Holy crap! That we get on the phone every every Wednesday for two hours, and we go through different a fifteen person cohort, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll coach and with each other. I'm going to record, and I may I may actually tap onto one of my good friends that I'm looking at mm-hmm. and beg him. To help me in some way. Oh, I know. Okay. All right. uh, so th- st- they will test our friendship. So think, <laughs> think systems coaching and okay. relationship coaching yeah. of any sort. Yeah. Right. So it could be you with your son, right. for example, or whatever. Uh, but I need to, uh, I need to coach and some of them need to be recorded. Oh boy. And then they'll be critiqued. Oh my gosh. Do you know? So part of the challenge for me is I don't get critiqued. It would be like, um, I don't know, a super manager or a super director following you around and and watching everything you do. Right. And then maybe you're – actually, you probably would be more comfortable with that than me. You would be. Yeah. You'd be fine with yeah. that. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like it makes me so nervous. It's yeah. Like, because I'm, I'm usually winging it. Like, yeah. I'm a seat of the pants. Mm-hmm. I, I have my experience. I haven't had a little head on my shoulder watching me. Ever. Yeah. And it's like it's like that. So I don't like So is it imposter syndrome that like you have that fear? I you know it could be a failure or back getting yeah. back to theme. We haven't introduced the theme, but right. I think it's a bit of it is a bit of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of lack of believe it or I have a tremendous lack of confidence. Right. 
inside. So it's a lack of confidence, imposter syndrome. You know, the other part of it is being critiqued by your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, That's hard. And and the more it gets worse, the more I respect the peer. So depending on my view, mm-hmm. like you, I don't care. I know. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and I'm not talking about like Mike Cohn or these, I'm just talking about my peers. Right. Uh, he, like if I get a sense that someone has, uh, there was a, a, a guy in the pretty, there was a couple really polished coaches there, mm-hmm. human coaches, not agile coaches, mm-hmm. right? Uh, systems coaches. And uh, so so they go up in my mind, and then that stress level goes up if they're critiquing Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that, yeah. it'd be like, uh, who, who would be your football coach, uh, Bill, like someone you respect from a football perspective? You know, so yeah. all coaches you respect. Right. But like if Vince Lombardi was watching you. Right. So it's like, hey, I'm going to step up and coach a position and Bill Belichick standing right yeah, behind me. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's been doing this for yeah. decades. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. makes it, it – and they're critiquing you. And that – so so in my mind – and that's pr- probably all related to imposter syndrome, I mm-hmm. guess, right? Yeah. So, I yeah, I suffer from that. I mean, I can get through well, it. I mean, we all do. To me, I that's can the push biggest my, thing is that yeah. that's, that's, that's always there. And – I see so many people struggle with the fact that they struggle with that when in reality, everybody does. And that I've spent a fair amount of time just trying to coach people through that of like, Hey, we all have this. Everyone does it. Like you're not, there's no roadmap to life that everybody has a secret marauders map in their back pocket that gives them all the answers. Well, the other thing I was coaching yesterday, um, I was doing some, we were doing another scenario, not, Per, not family based, not personal, but we were doing a scenario of coaching a group. Mm-hmm. So we broke the class up into uh, fifteen people who were simulating being a team, like a dysfunctional a team that was struggling with like a change. Mm-hmm. So a team of project managers who were being forced to be who were being forced to be agile, let's say, and to give it up, so to go to autonomous teams, right? Um, and they had different perspectives. So we were using a tool to coach them through that. And four coaches uh, volunteered to to be the coaches for this group in this situation, and there were two pairs. Mm-hmm. So the, I was the last. So I joined up with this young lady from Toronto, and so we were co-coaching the second. So so two coaches drove the first half, which was sort of a little easier because it was setting the stage and discovery. But then we were intentionally getting into the more contentious stuff. So the way we move people around is like, go talk, you know, what's a topic that really challenges you? And then we were coaching through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is in that session, if I let myself go, if I if I disengage my brain, mm-hmm. I, and this goes to the imposter, like, like I'm an instinctual coach. Mm-hmm. So we've been getting taught a lot of tools. If I follow the tool, I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm thinking tool. Yeah, and the tool is driving my instincts. Where I do much better, and I think this is where my experience comes in and helps me. So I just, if I just freaking coach, if I right. just react, I'm much better. But it's sort of when you're learning, it's part of it too. When you're learning things, yeah. So like, what do people expect? Do they expect me to coach by the tool? Like in this class, I have. Oh, they want me to use the tools, but I'm a more if I'm more natural. So um, I, I've learned that about. I've learned a lot of stuff in the class about myself where I'm comfortable, why I behave the way I have. But you connected the dots with me for imposter syndrome this morning nicely. I always knew I had it. Yeah. But but situationally, there's places where 
it's higher. Yeah. Right? Like, like his peer-based, peer-based assessments is something that's, because it doesn't happen to me very right. often. Yeah. Would when you be nervous with me if I did peer-based stuff with you? Like, like if I f- in some way followed you around? Or are we, are we beyond that? I don't think so. I mean, I think I've got a unique conditioning from I, I college, would, right? Oh, that oh. was everything. Everything was recorded. Everything was critiqued. Your that football was, stuff has really prepared you for yeah, that. It just, I mean, so the unusual thing is that you basically get to re, relive your failures like three or four times every day, right? In that moment from multiple coaches. And then you then watch the tape the next day of practice. And then you get coached up on that again. So it's like you're just, everything you do is recorded. But did everyone, and, but did everyone react like you? No. That's what I was wondering. So when you and I, I, I never played football yeah. like you have, right? right? Like collegiate, what is it, A or whatever it is, uh, A-level football or whatever. Yeah, one. Uh, Division, Division one. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I was, I've always, when you've talked about it, I'm like, oh, it's almost sounded like it's matter of fact. Like all football players are like Josh. They all just are, they're sponges with feedback and they adapt. And And now I've had the epiphany. I'm like, that can't be true. No, I mean, I... I ended up playing in front of multiple players that ended up getting drafted because I could receive the feedback and do something with it. They were more gifted um, and went on and had careers because ultimately that that gift is so unique to be able to do those things that it's hard to find. That's why they get drafted. But that was the thing that enabled me to play when I did and as long as I did because I could I – could, and I had to do that. If I didn't do that, I wasn't going to play. So it was a necessity for me. Because there were guys that were bigger, faster, and stronger than me. So what I, was the what what is the innate part of that that enables you to do that? So it's not a football thing; it's a Josh thing mm-hmm. in its essence. Now, football was the venue to give you feedback, right? Yeah. What what what's made you that way? Do you have any inclination? Is that just how you are? I don't know. You just—that's a good question, right? Because it's rare. See, when we yeah. were talking about football, remember when we did the talks about yeah. football and agile or whatever, I, I didn't connect the dots. And I was like, oh, that all the football players are like these sponges. They're all walking around, or basketball players. Yeah. Or, or, and it, that, that's a naive position. Yeah. And and I'm like, no, you're sort of unique. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was a necessity thing, right? Because I could look around and see this guy next to me, right? We would run sprints or we'd be in the weight room and it was clear they were faster. It was clear they were stronger. So you had to compete on hard work, ethics, listening, improvement. Yeah, it was, it was, can I receive this and do something with it yeah. and continually improve? Otherwise, I just was, it wasn't going to happen. So I think it was more necessity because I can tell you in high school, I didn't have that same requirement because yep. I was the biggest, fastest, the strongest, and I got it done. Yeah, then you go yeah. to college, and then everybody's so. In high school, better. did you take that feedback? Uh, I didn't get it as much, so it wasn't the same. So you were dominating, so yeah, you didn't get it, right? Right, you were the role it, model. Yeah, it like, was hey, just do that again. Okay, right? it wasn't okay. I'm not trying to over drill, so no. you can stop. It's yeah, interesting no, to fine. me. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, no, but it's a key thing. I was I was listening to Michael Sahoda. Is this uh, out of Toronto? He's mm-hmm. a coach. He teaches a certified a cow class, different from mine. We're 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 philosophically very right. different. Uh, but he did like a two minute video that I just happened to, to view yesterday in the airport, and he was talking about, and it was targeted towards leaders, but everyone. 
And he said, we all suck at taking feedback. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, our egos get in the way. And he was, he was making it an ego issue. Uh, and even in the video, his partner or his wife was taking the video and she started it in, in a way that he didn't like. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so you could actually, and I don't, this was not planned actually. Well, maybe she planned it, but he didn't. So he was acting like an ass, right? Like not taking feedback at the very beginning of talking about how we suck at taking feedback. Right. So, so, and then they reflected at the very end. Uh, but, uh, I, I resonated with that. I th and not so, but mm. people are in general, we are not wired very well. You know, the, I think the majority of the population is a fail when it comes to being able to take feedback. And I think there are people who fake it in a variety yeah. of ways, like insincere, like I thank you, Josh. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's but inside that. getting into, so, yeah. And he was he was in the video, and it's a two minute video, so it wasn't that deep. But he was talking about it being an inside out job, and I've seen that thread a lot. He was like three quarters of taking feedback is not the, an external, you know, environment thing. It's a rewiring yourself thing. Yeah, right, right. It's 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 not about it's it's, a, it's like you know probably seventy five percent or eighty percent of it is inside of you. Yeah, it's can can I. Can I put my ego on the shelf? Yeah, and just just leave it there for yeah. as long as possible, and actually do something with the feedback. And that, and you know, it's one of those things that I've talked about a lot. Where I I try and coach people that it's a you've got to treat it as a gift, right? Like somebody's investing in you to try and improve you. And what are you going to do with that? Like what, what if you were the person giving that feedback and that person's just like, Psh, whatever. And they throw it out of the window and it's like, okay, well then I'm, I'm not going to continue right. to invest with you. Right. You know, that that's, that's one of those things where, but I do get it right. Like it, it stings. It's not always fun. Well, it was funny watching him in this video. And again, not two minutes. It wasn't earth shattering, yeah. but it was funny. Here's this guy, this pundit, Right, I'm going to teach you how to take feedback, <laughs> and, he's, and he himself is demonstrating how he sucks, right? Occasionally at taking feedback, right? Well, we and, we we struggle. Yeah. We're not perfect, and, right? And one of the things I've found is that as you progress in your career, it's frustrating that the amount of feedback that you receive is inversely proportional to your responsibility. You know, it, it's um, like I. I was in a sales meeting just watching things happen and the CEO of the company was giving a opening message to, to the sales team about something in a kickoff. And just part of the delivery was a little bit off. Mm -hmm. um, so I sent him an email saying, Hey, I think if you were to reword this like that, it might be more effective. Right. And he was so gracious just to get the feedback because as a CEO of a company, very few people are willing or comfortable to say, Hey, right. uh, dude, like you can do better. And here's how I think you can do better. So that's, and it's always, it's always frustrating. So I'm, I'm actually very intentional about trying to, to provide feedback to executives because I know how little that happens. And it's one of those really frustrating things, which is why I think people are so focused on if you're an executive, you've got to find a mentor, you got to do that because you don't get feedback in all the ways that you used to as you were coming up in your, your career. So now it's this void 
And so people hear it less. So that person that you're talking about probably doesn't hear it that often. So then when somebody does throw it at them, then, then they're not as refined at receiving the feedback. Yeah. Well, it's part, it's not just the, uh, they have to, they have to set a landscape where they're receptive mm-hmm. to you. Even someone is, you know, if you have this gift mentality, I could put on a persona that would yeah. turn you off. Right. Yeah. Right. After 10 times, it's like, I'm just not going to bother. Bob right. is too defensive. Right. Or something Absolutely. like that. Right. Yeah. Um, another part of it. So, so I think, you know, the receiving it, like it, what do I do with it? Right. And you said, you said something powerful earlier, this action, am I taking action on the feedback? Not maybe not on all of it, but on some of it. I don't know if we've talked about it in the Medicaid. Are we going in a direction that's okay? Yeah, I think we started with one idea and we've evolved to another, but that's fine. Uh, is this path okay, do sure, you think? Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I've written a, a blog post. I just posted it on the Moose this morning. I don't know if we talked about it. It's called Truth. Uh, I used like the truth is out there. What is it? Uh, what was the? Uh, uh, it's a show I didn't watch. I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's pre- like a show that everybody except for me watched. There's the two primary characters yeah, Scully in and Mulder. Scully and Mulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X yeah, yeah. Files. Yeah, yes. I'm sure our listeners are so mad at us right now. X Files. <laughs> I just butchered the X Files. Yeah, we both did. But um, but but it relates to this. So I want to sort of if I can I read the just yeah, the yeah. beginning of yeah. it. So I was talking to a fellow Agile coach the other day who's leading her own coaching practice. She completed several engagements, partnered with two really experienced Agile coaches. And there had been some rocky exchanges along the way. One of the things in the coaches, not with clients, but in the coaching team or Mm -hmm. collaboration itself, one of the things she said to me that the coaches had given her some really hard feedback of late, sort of like a fire hose of feedback, uh, to on her coaching style, yeah, um, and 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 that while she appreciated all of it, it was really hard to digest it all because it was like so much, and all of it seemed to be constructive, negative in nature. Meaning it was it there was no positive. It was all constructive. I mean, it was all sort of negative, um, right? So lots to think about, and she seemed overwhelmed, overwhelmed by it. Uh, and and sort of despondent by it uh, because it sort of took the wind out of her sails. Right. right? Uh, I asked her to look for the truth in it, uh, and I was we were on the phone or something, and uh, she said something interesting. She said that well, it was all true. So she was trying to take um, action on all of it because it was right. all it was feedback, and therefore it was all true. And I thought for a moment, and I'm almost done reading, and and I said it's not all true. I said, it's only true from the perspective of the coach giving you the feedback. Uh, Certainly, if you take a step back, 100% of what they told you can't all be true. So truth is related to the perspective of the person giving the feedback. Uh, uh, So you don't want to take action on all. And so she was stuck in this thing of, it's all true. It's all, right, I suck. It's all true. I need to take action on 100%. She was very professional or whatever. So she took it seriously and she was, and she was overwhelmed by shit. I've got to change my entire structure. So I said feedback taking advice. I, I'm almost, I'm almost to the uh, mic, mic drop moment. Okay. Ooh. You waiting? Uh, this is exciting. Uh, well, or whatever. This is the money. <laughs> this is the money. Okay. The money slide. Okay. Someone said that. I said, I saw someone say, have you ever heard that expression? 
The money slide? No, but I can imagine. Yeah, okay. The money slide. Yeah, yeah, the point. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that expression. Okay. Yeah, well, well, then why are you using it? I don't repeatedly? know. I don't know. So I said that, so. From my perspective, the, the truth lies in three points of view. There is the point of view of the coaches giving you the feedback. That is their truth. There is the point of view. There is your point of view. That is the perspective of the person receiving the feedback. What truth can you glean from it? This is your truth. And finally, there is the relationship or the systems perspective. That is the relationship between the two of you. Call it your third entity. And what is its truth? So there is the sender, the receiver, and then there's truth in the interrelationship between those two. And so what I'm saying is I think the truth is sort of this aggregate, this sort of nexus it's not one thing. It's not, and you don't want to overreact. You want to be sort of careful. Right. React to that. So I have made mistakes throughout my life where I blindly received the feedback and applied it to me as it was delivered. Of okay, they said I should do this. I'm doing that because I didn't. And what evolved for me was having the confidence in that. Hey, I kind of know what I'm doing. So I'm going to hear what you're saying. I'm going to figure out what do I do with that? Do I, do I take it and apply it 100% or does not all of it work for me and I need to use bits and pieces or I hear what you're saying and I'm going to tweak it slightly and apply it for me. But too often, too early in my life, not just my career, but in my life, I did exactly what I was told. And actually in college, in football, it became an issue because I became a bit of a robot. So I, I, all of my footwork and hand placement, all that stuff was very calculated based on exactly what previous coaches had said. And I finally got a coach who said, listen, you're a starting tight end at the highest level of college football in the country. So there's a couple hundred people that do this as well as you do. And you've got to be comfortable and confident in what you do and not just be a robot. And you need to just like let it happen and be you. And yes, take the feedback, but, but be you, be Josh. Don't, don't try and be that calculated and measured thing of every step. And, and that transformed my athletic career and it enabled me to become more confident just in regular life as I started to see, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of good at this. And yes, that feedback helps me, but I learned to, pick the pieces out that made sense for me. Uh, and then that enabled me to become more effective as I learned and that's, grew. That's exactly the point I'm making. And it, and it's, I think it's hard sometimes and you need to be confident and self-assured. Mm -hmm. You need to have an identity of yourself, right? right? A vision of that. Um, it's really hard. Like in this case, these were, you know, in some cases, these people were like, you know, 10 years, 20 years experience as coaches. Mm -hmm. So you look at the experience, you look right. at the stature. Right. It would be looking at the experience of the coach giving you the feedback. Right. So that, so again, that, that should apply no matter who's giving you the feedback. Yeah. Right. If God, well, maybe God is an exception, but it's like whoever's giving you that feedback, we still have to internalize it. We still have to figure it out. That's why I like that analogy of looking for the truth in it. And not overreact, right? Uh, if it's your boss, well, but giving I don't you the know feedback. that. I mean, to your point and the initial reaction of, is it really truth? Like from, I think you said the right thing of it's their version of the truth, exactly. It, and that maybe doesn't apply to you and the way you roll. And like, let's just talk about how how you and I speak at a conference. You know, the like the first time you and I spoke at a conference, you were 
in that room, like 45 minutes before the session started and you wanted to test everything and, and, and you almost wanted to like do the session and you wanted to be out and outside playing volleyball with the young ladies and then waltz your butt in with like two seconds before the start. Not two seconds. Well, three. Less time than you wanted. <laughs> three. <laughs> that was clear. But you wanted to waltz in. Yeah. 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 But it was this whole clash of, hey, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And um, it was, well, so it gave me pause of, hey, am I doing this the wrong way? Like, clearly Bob knows what he's doing. He's done this once or twice more times. than I have, yeah. right? You yeah. know? Um, so so it caused me to evaluate this like hey should i operate differently so what i then did was i pulled bits and pieces out of that and started applying it to how i do it but it wasn't like hey i'm going to be bob correct and, and do that because that did you change it all though i as i recall you just sort of waltzed in with like five seconds or less and it was almost like fanfare it was almost like you had minions around you or something like it was a wrestling thing yeah i mean there was interest music smoke there was some lights, smoke and yeah, fireworks and going on yeah yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's my preferred entrance yeah approach. here he is like six a nine nice robe six nine five hundred twenty two pounds yeah. from jo- parts unknown from <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah. that's my preferred approach josh yeah. <laughs> josh the albatross anderson <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things where I just, you know, okay, like, okay, um, clearly this guy's successful and he's doing it vastly different than I am. And maybe I'm a dope and should reevaluate the way I'm doing things. So, and did I change much? No, but I at least hit the pause button and said, hey, wait a minute, does does this make sense for me? Yeah. And it isn't for me and how I roll, but that's. I've really, I've made that mistake a lot. I still, I still goes back to my imposter syndrome, right? So it's a continuum. I mean, I don't think you ever, you know, we're evolving. Uh, The, you know, the change is happening all the time, but I still have to remind myself of that truth and not overreact. Right. Um, If you told me something, all joking aside, I respect the hell out of you. And if you gave me feedback, or Ralph, you've heard me talk Mm -hmm. about Ralph Kasuba. Right. If Ralph Kasuba gave me feedback, I would pause 10 times for that. Right. Even if it was something that I I felt was in my, you know, my wheelhouse of strength, it would be, oh, you know, and and I would be be really taken aback and I would really try to adjust it. And I might overcompensate for that. I would, I would not, I would not have the right balance. So where are we going with this Metacast? What we went to, we went to feedback. We were so Metacasters. It was going to be the failures, to, and we've sort of indirectly done some of that a little bit. Yeah. Talking about like how how we failed sharing. So Josh and I talked before the Metacast about, uh, and, and I did a, a webinar with a, a coach in Thailand. Well, before you go there, yeah, right. Like I want to go back to something you said because that's something that oh, I've good. learned. Okay, about how. If you got feedback from somebody that you respected and how would you would and how you hit that pause button and something that I think happens a lot that I've just become more aware of is often an over rotation or the pendulum swing. Oh, I like that way, term. Way no, stay with the, over rotation. Yeah. So, so I like that. to me, that's the biggest thing is what I've found is that I'll over rotate on something and then I'll realize that I did that. Yeah. And then I, to me, I think of a pendulum. So I swing way far to the right. Cause I hear something and then I realize, Oh no, 
you did it again, and I'll swing back the other way. You know, you've talked about that in the Metacast before, like practices or something. Yeah, so just change is something that that's how I operate. As I hear something, and I'm excited about it, I like the feedback, I think that makes sense, and almost always the first thing I do is go too far with it. Yeah. And then I realize I've gone too far with it. And then I often almost go too far in the other way, trying to correct my correction. So what I've become comfortable with is there's this oscillation as I figure out the right place for me. I go too far to one side, then I overcorrect back the other way. Then I was, Oh no, I did it again. So then I finally get to the point where I've settled in the right spot in the middle for me and that's something that's helped me along the way figure out figuring things out and receiving the feedback and just accepting the fact that the likely thing I'm going to do is go too far with this. So pay attention to it and then figure out when you've hit that point and then make an adjustment. Or not even go far enough. I like what you so over or under rotate. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an iterative part to the feedback. Right. It's like don't just take it, take action, and then move on right. and, and stay static. I love this sort of this reevaluate, reevaluate, reevaluate. So this very agile esque right. sort of mindset where you go back and you took the feedback, you had the three perspectives or n number of perspectives. Right. You internalized it. Uh, you didn't personalize it. Figure out. You take some action, but then reevaluate. Right. And then look at your own tendencies. Right. I'm not sure if I have a tendency like to over or under rotate. I probably under rotate. Yeah. I, I probably under rotate, mm. like uh, in general, meaning I probably don't adjust enough. Really? I see the truth, uh, but I probably don't adjust enough sometimes. I have, a, I, I have a bit of an ego sometimes. Is that an old dog new tricks thing? Yeah. Or just an ego thing. I think of, it's. Hey, I know I what think, I'm doing. I think it's ego, old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, experience is something that's. You know, what I'm finding is my. You know, I'm, I have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. It is not all sunny roses and, and you know, sort of sunshine. Right. And when with the experience, experience becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. It becomes baggage. Yeah. If that, I, I mean, it really does. And you don't want to throw. So I think the experience is what causes the under rotation for me. And maybe some more humility, the ego gets in there yeah. as well. Right. Um, and I, I don't think it's an obnoxious thing. But it's like I've seen so much. Right. I have so many scars, Josh. Right? right? Yeah. And they they're sort of advantages, but they get in the way of things. They color things. There, there's that lens. And I have a tendency to say, "Well, I've seen that, done that. I hear your feedback, Josh. If I'm going to take any action, it's going to be sort of under, yeah, r- related to my experience." Well, and that's that's a challenging thing. And I've done a lot of coaching with folks over the past five or six years where I'm trying to help people and I struggle with this as well. So it's not uh, figured out for sure, but especially in the self-directed teams. And when I build an organization, I'm very focused on having self-directed teams and the over rotation that I see a lot by experienced leaders is they almost step out of the game And then I have to coach them and listen, we hired you because of your Uh, experience and we need to find a way for your experience to add the value that we're expecting it to add, but not be um, directive. So how do you learn how to 
effectively apply your knowledge and skills without being top down or too directive and enabling the team to continue to be self-directed without saying, Oh, well, um, Monica did it this way. And she said, we should do that. So we're just going to do that. So how do you learn to communicate with the teams and share your knowledge, share your experience because there's so much value and give that to them as something that they can use and then mold and apply to how they see fit. That's not easy. That's really right. hard to be able to offer that, not have it come across as a command, but also not soften it so much that it has no value. That's really hard. I mean, you you brought back, I have seen over-rotation on feedback with managers that are new to Agile, mm-hmm. where they shut down. Yeah. Right? So I think there's like a shuhari, or if I'm inexperienced versus experienced, and I'm not saying this is it, but in this discussion, right, yeah. it, in this discussion, I think inexperience might lead to over rotation mm-hmm. or over influence, right. and experience might lead to under rotation and not going far enough. Yeah. And and the same model should be: we should be sampling. And I love your sort of pendulum. Right. We should be centering on yeah. it, right? We should be we should be reevaluating and centering and finding ours our center, right. our personal center in the situation. But I do think there's maybe a general trend for that that I've seen. I would agree with that on, yeah. on, on the more experienced side. And trying to cut through that, maybe in the feedback, like if we're coaching someone or giving them feedback, maybe so they need to be self-aware and mm-hmm. moderating mm-hmm. or modulating. Mm-hmm. But maybe as we give feedback, we should be modulating the feedback as well You know, to help them. Maybe it's some in yeah. some way in how we deliver it, yeah. right? Like if I know you're going to over sort of over modulate, maybe I only give you a I mean, I only give you a sample or something yeah. like that. I, well, I I put that on the table and I say, hey, listen, here's my expectations that we're going to go way too far to one side. Yeah, we need to figure out when we hit that and when we yeah. need to bounce back. Yeah. So I try and put that in the brain of, hey, it's okay, this is going to happen. Yeah. I've seen it a lot. I do it a lot myself. Yeah. So let's just work through it and let's iterate on it, like you said. And that just becomes yeah. how we do it. And it's okay if we go too far, we don't go far enough. But let's just have our finger on the pulse and make sure, like, yeah, we're doing the right thing. Or we should probably make an adjustment. I like, so we went into this episode with sort of sharing our failures. And this was a subtle thread, though. Yeah. Uh, maybe feedback, but I think it aligned with that. I like where this thread has gone. Is there anything else to wrap it up from your point of view? Because I'm coming up, I'm almost feeling like there's closure. I feel, yeah, I feel good. I To me, the biggest thing is learning or finding a way to receive the feedback. And I always try and think of ego as a thing. And I put it on the shelf. Like, yes, it's there. It exists. I accept that I have it. But let's just put you over there for now. Let's close the door and leave you there for a little while while I hear this, consume it, and do something with it. And then we'll get you back out out, and we'll put you back in my brain and we'll do that. But that's the to me, that's the biggest thing of of, because it always stings and it always hurts. And oftentimes it's not fun. But I think over time, as you get better and better at receiving it, you get excited. Like, I've got this weird thing. Like, I actually don't like positive reinforcement because that doesn't help me. Like, it helps me kind of with my ego, but it's not going to help me evolve into the thing that is going to help me get better. Right. So I like love feedback that is 
a way I can get better because otherwise, how am I going to get better? I'm just going to be like thrashing in the wind and in the dark and maybe I'll stumble on a new idea. But that feedback to me, I like, I have this, again, I think just conditioning from a decade or so of dealing with it, that that's how I'm going to get better. And that if you say, Hey, that's a good job. Like, okay, yeah, cool. But that like, I can't do anything with that. And, and make a change like, right. okay, just keep doing the thing. But then I get worried about doing the same thing over and over again. So like, give, give me something I can use to try and make a change. That's like a happy place for me. And it's not mm-hmm. normal. You just said something I want to wrap maybe with this is you did an Orsk thing. Then this Orsk coaching model, you, you, you talked in terms of putting your ego off to the side, mm-hmm. then took the feedback so you you became egoless for a second, took the feedback, then brought your ego back, and then normalized the feedback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, or, Orsk talks about the third entity. Mm-hmm. So there's you and me, and then there's our relationship. There's the Medicast relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when it's you and me, we're arguing positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to take a step back sometimes. Like you and I are arguing about a point, mm-hmm. but if we actually go shoulder to shoulder, so we're yeah. arguing face to face. If we go shoulder to shoulder and put something out in front of us, now we're looking at it separate, right? It's like the ego. That was it. One, you're you're pretty orsky. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm gonna you're, add that. You, I, you could almost be certified. Oh, you're Orskalicious. Orskadocious. Oh my God. <laughs> those are, those I need to put off to the side. <laughs> that imagery is, yeah. And you know how creative I am upstairs. Yeah. 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 You just destroyed sorry. me. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but even in the feedback is, is when you get the feedback, the first thing to do is before we react to it, put it out there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe modify it. So there's this. I, I, th- I think there's a, a a mental activity of separating oneself from the feedback, mm-hmm. right? Putting it sort of literally. Put, you could even objectify it and put it. You know, put it as a book or a, a jar or something. Put it out in front of you, and then start like talk, talk to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it. Mm-hmm. Bring bring another perspective into it, and then bring it back in. That's sort of finding the truth in it. So I, I wanted to note that you said that very smoothly and very flippantly but that was a that's a very powerful metacasters that notion of separating oneself from the feedback is a is a way to really normalize it so nicely done josh thank you i try to flippant things it was it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful add to the metacast perfect did you like that positive that was positive feedback let's let's stop there yeah because i'm making you very i like that i i was yeah Yes, I told you. I've just discovered a new weapon in my <laughs> arsenal against Josh. Positive feedback. Positive thoughts, yeah. Don't want any of that. I can't do anything with them. All right. Cool. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, North Carolina, <laughs> I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>